the drip aficionado is hard at work again, people. We know you're sick of us. We know you hate us. That's why we're going to be here. The horse is back and our jockey is Russell Wilson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. For episode number, insert number here in the editing, Jared. Just kidding. I don't think we do that. But today, I am a vessel for love and peace. And today, I am, enjoy- I am of course, joined by G.I. Jane. How are you doing today, Jared? Uh, I'm doing great. Don't let Will Smith listen to this, though. Yeah, Will Smith, I know you're a longtime listener, but then... De- just miss this one okay yeah i don't i don't want the old chris rock treatment Uh, (laughs) we don't need to throw down yikes that was insane i mean i that was i didn't think i know we talked about it i didn't think it was real at first i know i thought it was like a like a scripted act or some something like that yeah um I, i guess I'm sure we don't even need to reference what's going on for any of our listeners out there. You live in the 21st century with technology. You know what happened at the Oscars. You own a phone. <laughs> you have access I, to the outside world. Well, we do have Kyle. Kyle knows. Does We've Kyle know? Yes, we talked about it. Oh, okay. Fair Kyle, enough. Kyle knows. Kyle's on Twitter. That's all Twitter was for like 48 hours. True. Kyle is a Twitter guy. A Twitter bug. Twitter Twitter bug. <laughs> Isn't the thing a bird? No, I'm just thinking of the jitterbug. You know. Oh. Twitter bug. Right. Um, Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. You did make a really good point when we talked about that incident the other day that did kind of relate back to sports, though. Uh, that as shocking as that was to see like on live television, um, us being avid sports fans and football fans, uh, I was, you know, thinking about it. We see fights all the time, really, on live TV. I've seen fists thrown and punches thrown and guys kicked out of games pretty often, all things considered. I mean, yeah, it's a little different at a football game than it is at the Oscars, but still. Yeah, I mean, shoot, when you even think about hockey, your first thought is, oh, the fights. You hope there's a fight, honestly, in hockey. Like, yeah, that's half the reason you tune in, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It was a, a wild Sunday, which is good. We need more wild Sundays now that the NFL is uh, on hiatus for the next several months. But we will have spring football starting up here pretty soon, I believe. We will. Uh, April 18th, I want to say, is when the USFL kicks off its season. It's just a couple of weeks away. It's pretty oh, exciting. Right before the draft and the schedule release, football's in the air in the spring, and I can smell it. It's great. Some of it doesn't smell so pretty, but we'll allow it. What doesn't what football doesn't smell pretty right now? Oh, we've already talked about it. It's, it's all that stuff coming out of Cleveland. Mm, well, still don't it, like it. Ugh, bad smells coming out of Cleveland. A tradition as old as time. Another thing that doesn't smell quite so good to me, and I'm a teacher, so I'm a little bit more sensitive to this, but is what's going on over in New York. The uh, state has passed a. I don't know if levy is the right term, but has passed that they are going to move towards building the bills, a new stadium. 
Yeah, I saw that, man. How much did they say that's going to cost taxpayers over there? They are estimating that it's going to cost um, $1.4 billion as a total stadium construction cost. The state is putting in $600 million. Oh, my goodness. The county is putting in $250 million. And the bills themselves are putting in 350 million so Uh, and then the nfl is doing the rest you know how we were talking i think it might have even been last week on the show um all these crazy uh free agent signing deals that we're seeing um Mm -hmm. and everyone wanting to top everybody else and set a new record for contract uh value yeah we're starting to see it with stadiums too in the nfl when you think about it you think of sofi stadium down there in los angeles and how it's the new biggest and best, but not long ago before that, it was at Atlanta and Minneapolis mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. then Raiders stadium. Um, and now it's going to be this. And I fully expect that maybe for a year or two after this gets built in Buffalo, it is going to be the, you know, state of the art stadium in the NFL until maybe down the line, as we were talking about before we went on the air, Kansas city might even abandon Arrowhead stadium here and move into actual kansas which yeah that that would be insane the kansas city chiefs could just be the kansas chiefs yeah and i don't know like i've i think in today's day and age uh as far as stadiums go i think it's stupid to build new ones unless something's like really really wrong and it can't be repaired if if you aren't the commanders, you probably don't need. <laughs> I one. was just gonna say, unless it's FedEx Field, that maybe just needs to be bulldozed and tried again. Um, all these stadiums should be able to be renovated to the point where they're. And I don't even want to use the word usable because they're usable. I mean, it's just ridiculous that they have to build or feel like they have to build a new stadium every twenty years, and that's almost what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, why are they not? you know, trying to make them better for future use. I mean, yeah, exactly. Why are they not trying to future proof them? I guess is the term that I, uh, and, and I like, I'm curious what gimmick they're going to throw into this new bill stadium, because like when I say gimmick, I mean like the Raiders stadium in Vegas, it has a nightclub behind one of the end zones. Does it? Yeah, it does. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Which is just like, stupid like i don't know i you don't go to a game at least i don't go to a game to go clubbing like those are two different things yeah that's two different vibes there <laughs> big maybe not in vegas it's not but that, that's true you might be betting on the game and you know partying it up but the reason i uh uh said that as a teacher is kind of notice noticeable that they're doing this is because I also saw a report and I'm looking for the source and I can't find where I found it at because everything is just buried by all the Will Smith stuff right now. Yeah. Um, here it is. Um, so reporter Dan Price said that uh, just prior to passing the bill for the bills to get their money for the new stadium. New York also just cut 800 million from a child and family services bill. 
which affects, you know, teachers, affects, you know, kids and what they get. Like, uh, I believe that's New York's where their free and reduced lunch comes from, things like that, which and that's one of those things that uh, I think is kind of the ugly ugly background behind sports and i i love sports i'm not gonna be ashamed of that but you know sometimes people put them before our best interests i would say oh for sure um no doubt and at this level um at the professional level when you're talking the multi-millions of dollars that are being thrown around uh it's kind of just an arms race you know it feels like uh, everyone wants the biggest, best, like I said earlier, but also, and I don't think there's any threat of that with Buffalo right now, but we've seen instances of this in the past where leagues will sometimes like twist the arm of these franchises and say, well, if you don't build a new stadium, we're going to relocate you to somewhere that will. Um, and that's exactly what happened back in the day with the supersonics in Seattle, when they moved to Oklahoma city, still upset about that is the citizens of Seattle. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact of the matter is they voted not to, not to renovate key arena or build a new stadium for the Sonics then. And you can't blame the taxpayers of that community for not wanting to do that. It's just really crappy that the teams are put in that position sometimes. And that's oftentimes, if you look back at the history of relocation in any sport, a lot of it is, that's why, I mean, they, they wouldn't build a new stadium. They wouldn't renovate and spend all this money and, you know, you can't blame them for saying no to that really. Um, and yeah, yeah. And you're totally right where this is kind of the ugly side of sports and at every level, I mean, I'm sure being a teacher in a high school, you can attest to this. I'm sure a lot of times when, uh, it's not right. Uh, the football team, the basketball team, sports in general might get more attention than maybe, you know, the arts or, uh, just education, like just the scholastic side of things. I'm pretty lucky where I'm at. That's not, not really an issue. Um, but definitely, you know, going to small town Montana for high school, we definitely saw that, Um, you know, there was rumors. I'm not going to say if they're true or not, but rumors that cheerleading money that they, the cheerleaders fundraise was getting funneled out of their account to use and use to pay for, you know, football helmets and things like that. Um, and and you hear stories like that all the time, and again, it's it's the ugly side of all of this that, you know, it is not right. Something needs to be done, but everybody just kind of turns the other way. It's like, oh, that's how it is. But exactly, and I mean, it was something that was very prevalent and alive at my high school, um, and, and a lot of it wasn't rumors. I mean, I know for a fact that uh, some of the educational side of school and like the music and band and stuff like that lost attention and funding in favor of uh, our football team and our basketball team specifically. And the irony of it all was uh, our football team and our basketball team were not very good when I was in high school. Like there was no results to even show for it on the field. Um, (laughs) And as bad as it is at little schools, like small town, Montana, like you said, I think it's just as bad at like these huge five, a schools in Texas, Um, you know, with their football teams or, you know, even here in Montana, some of the double A schools, you know, the big schools around here, I think it happens everywhere for sure. And it definitely happens at the college level. Don't even get me started on that. Um, 
It's a whole. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. Don't. We don't want that. No one wants that. Um, but yeah, it's it is the ugly side of sports, and we've said it many times talking about professional sports. Uh, it's a business first, and business decisions will be made before. Uh, well, well, despite what they tell you, uh, before fan interest, um, and a lot of times fan interest lines up with business interest, but. I don't know. I think the news. I I don't know about that because I mean, how many times do a year do we hear fans complaining about like ten dollar beers? True. So at games or like fifteen dollar hot dogs, things like that. And that's a good point because they talk, you know, all and they'll. I mean, keep your ears open because they'll say this about the Bills' new stadium too, as it gets closer. Um, They're going to talk a lot about the fan experience, right? They're going to talk, like I said, kind of the nightclub in the Raiders stadium and the, and the weird amenities they may offer in this one, or they're going to talk about the fan experience a lot. And that will be at the forefront probably of most things they say in their pitch about this thing. But like you said, yeah, it's a good point. There's still going to be like $10 beers and, you know, $11 burgers. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous um, as far as cost goes just for the little things like you're going to get a bottle of water for $7 probably at that. And it's just stupid. And what I, I hope they do. Um, and I've seen, I've seen the kind of architectural rendition of what this stadium is supposed to look like first off. And I'll, I'll ask you this in a minute. We'll talk about this. I kind of think it's dumb that they continue to build uh, outdoor stadiums, especially in a place like Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Um, I get that that's kind of part of the draw to, you know, bills, cold weather, tough, all that. I get that. Um, and the other thing too, is I hope they, that this is a multi-purpose stadium, like a lot of them are now, and they should be no offense. There's no reason you should build a stadium like that to have it sit dormant for seven months out of the year. I mean, um, yeah, absolutely. I don't know, but it being an outdoor stadium automatically makes it so it can't be used as an end. Not that there's an NBA team there anyway, but as an NBA arena, a hockey arena, I mean, maybe outside hockey once in a blue moon, like they do with the winter classic, but you know, it's not like the Staples center in LA that gets used for a lot of things. Um, so it's kind of stupid in my opinion. Fair enough. I, I agree. I have, you know, and if they're worried about this huge cost, make it a multi-purpose arena then you can in the time that you're not using it you can maybe be making some extra cash on it that way exactly i mean i don't know i mean and i'm it does it's we're past the day and age of like nfl stadium sharing with baseball that's part of the reason the raiders moved from oakland uh because of that whole deal with the coliseum but i think it's dumb that they don't share like i'm sorry that you might have to play on natural grass for a little bit like, I just don't, I don't, I think, and Seattle's guilty of it too. Like they have uh, T-Mobile park right across the street from CenturyLink or Lumen field. It is now. Um, and I think it's ridiculous. Like I get that there's some overlap in the seasons in terms of baseball and football, but you can make it work. Cause they used to with the kingdom. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just, I think if you're going to build a stadium like this, it, it better be multi-purpose and it better be getting used year round. And some of them don't. And, you know, I hope they find a way to do that with Buffalo's. And if Kansas city opts to move um, into, into Kansas and out of Missouri and build a new stadium there, I hope they do the same thing, but I, I 
don't have my hopes too high for it. Now I'll go, I'll circle back to what I was going to ask you about the outdoor thing. Do you agree with me when I say that maybe they should start building domes up North? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, they're, hmm. yes, it'd be super cool. It's super cool to see like Buffalo tough and like, Oh, we tough up North and play in the snow and the cold. But man, like you could just not, and we'll get better football games. Talk about fan experience, man. I don't know a lot of fans that want to just sit on their butt for three hours on freezing cold bleachers in a blizzard. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a cold game is one thing, but like a blizzard, snow, miserable weather that we were not meant as human beings to be outside in for a long amount of time. (laughs) I don't know. I just think in this day and age, do what the Vikings did, build a dome. And then if you do do that, you are in the running for in the future, maybe being able to host a Super Bowl in your city. That was the next point I was going to make. It makes yeah. you basically out of the running in this day and age for hosting a Super Bowl. It is still baffling to me, honestly, that Super Bowl 48, when the Seahawks beat the Broncos, that that game was in MetLife Stadium in New York in February outdoors. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how they ever won that bid. And they are so lucky that the one day, like that whole week was like a 40 degree day and good for a Super Bowl. Like it was still cold, but it wasn't like snow. Like it was the rest of the week. I, I don't know why that ever happened, why the NFL ever let that happen. And it shouldn't ever happen again, but yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't build an outdoor stadium in this day and age, especially if you're in a place like Buffalo, but uh I mean, we don't get paid to make those decisions here at the expansion buddies, unfortunately. True. But you know what we aren't also what we also aren't? Yeah, that's how that works. You know yeah. what we're also not paid to talk about is aesthetics. But it's- here I go starting on aesthetics again. So today, and this is shifting a little bit away from our good friends in the football world, to the world of baseball, which is officially started up again. Ooh. Um so today the nationals city connect jersey leaked have you seen it i have not i'll look it up boy look it up it is (laughs) nice dude i'm not a washington fan i'm not a nationals fan i should say um because i am a seattle fan and they are based in washington state but mm, i like it i like it a lot i think it is very nice uh, I'm still looking it up. You can keep. So, okay. I, I was waiting. Keep ranting. I, I, I'm not going to say anything about it. Cause I want you to get the full experience first. Um, Washington has since officially announced the, uh, the Jersey. And it's part of a city connect uh, line of jerseys that several other teams will be wearing. Uh, Washington is set to wear these, I believe April 9th when they play so like right at the start of the season i'm looking right at them now by the way um those are something something oh you i mean like I, them? I don't dislike them i i mean i'm just uh i'm kind of confused on how this is washington related but so washington so these are cherry blossoms yeah. washington has in the spring a large amount of cherry trees that blossom right alongside baseball season. 
In fact, Washington, D.C. has a um, a whole uh, cherry blossom festival. Really? Yes. And the the Nationals, as well as the Wizards, both, you know, partake in activities there. So, like, it's it's kind of a big thing. Um, yeah, it's the Cherry Blossom Festival in Washington D.C. Uh, and they they do a ton of crap. So what I do appreciate about this, then knowing that now, is that they didn't do the typical Washington sports thing when they release special things like this, where they just reference the capital, or they reference you know they they went different. I I, I. I really, I really like these. It's a reference to something that is local to the city. It's not just rehashing the capital. It's not just, you know, um, throwing another, uh, you know, something that's been done before. This is, I think, you know, something definitely different. And it's a, it's a different style. I like the color choices. The it's, the it, blue with the, the pink so, pops, I think, is really nice. It's so different than their regular colors, which are bright red and white and a little bit of navy blue. Um, well, yeah, yeah, they're they're the flag colors. Yeah, well, yes, I know. I know that they're red, white, and blue for a reason. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I do like that they are different than that, that they're stark different than that. Um, yeah. I think, you know, an aesthetic levels. I like that they have kind of the faded pattern, the dark blue lines outlining more cherry blossoms on the back. Um, their lettering is clean. It's got that that slight 3D effect to it. They have the one full color sprig of cherry blossom on the breast there. Uh, they have the the District of Columbia flag on there. I mean, whoever designed these. Uh, I think did a really, really good job. No pun intended. Knocked it out of the park. Knocked it out of the park. And the hat. Oh my gosh. I'm buying one of these hats. I think it is so well done. It is. You have. Uh, it's neat. Well, you have, and I don't know if this is the intention or maybe I'm, I'm English teaching and I'm, I'm drawing conclusions where there are none, but you have the tree on the side. That's clearly getting blown in the wind. You see the petals coming across and then they come behind the W up and across like they're blowing all the way i i think oh it's so clean and again the colors work so well together they don't completely lose their their colors either they still have you know the blue it's it is not exactly the same blue i'll give them i'll I'll give it that but i don't think that matters because your your specialty jerseys aren't supposed to be yeah, the same old thing. They're supposed to be a love letter to your city, to your franchise, to your fans. And I think, especially for the people of DC, this is a love letter to them. Um, I I really like them. I I am seriously considering, uh, picking one up, especially that hat. I really like that hat. Uh, yeah, I I really like them. I like. I, so I like what's, what's the official drip aficionado grade on these bad boys? Ooh, I um hmm boy. I need to I, I need to give myself a reference. I'm like so the t- they're better than okay, so I I think your 10 probably would be the Miami Heat vice jerseys, yes. Ooh, those are really good. I don't know that they're my 10, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give these a solid 
I'm going to give these an eight. I really, really like them. Okay. So where, where are the vice jerseys for reference? Which vice jersey are we exactly talking about? The one about? from last season. Was that the, the fade doubled, one? Yeah, and they doubled it up with the court. Um, I've kind of actually fallen away on that fade a little bit over time. I still really like it, but I, I would have put it at like a nine when I first saw it, and I've kind of come down on it with the gradient. Um, probably I, I would stick that one at like a an eight or seven and a half. Okay, so do you have a perfect 10 yet? Have you seen the perfect uniform yet? Ooh, that's, um, that's tough. Where do you rank the cream sickles? Ooh, the cream sickles, dude, which allegedly coming back this year. Yeah. So, uh, I'm very, very excited for that. Um, I mean, you know, if it's got cream in the name, it's going to be a fire uniform. <laughs> So, OG creams. Ooh. OG creams. Are we talking just the jersey? We're we talking the full get up. Full get up. Ooh. Okay. I'm gonna include Bucko Bruce then. Of course, you have because to. he's the logo, and I, man, I wish we still went with Bucko Bruce. It's such a good logo. Is that actually? Um. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. Ooh, OG creams, I think as as they are, you know, they they're a little dated in terms of design, but they're still clean. They're something that you could totally see a team wearing today. You know, uh, we see something semi reminiscent in in the uh, the Longhorns uniforms. I I I think they're. I honestly, I think they're a timeless look. They're they're very simple. You have a good logo that, you know, at the time was a modern look and now has gone to becoming retro. And I think it's, I, I really think it's still super cool. One of my favorite hats that I own is my throwback Buccaneers hat with the throwback logo on it. Um, and you have clean, simple colors. There's none of the BS letterings. There's none of like the, the new fads of like uh, fading colors anything like that um it's it's miles better than <laughs> our our last jerseys which oh boy those were a disaster i i i'd rate it about an eight and a half i think it's it's simple it's clean um yeah so speaking of throwbacks and jerseys this is actually a really good segue uh did you see where the eagles are bringing back their kelly greens in 2023 I did not see that. Yeah, they're going to bring them back, uh, not this upcoming season, but the next, it sounds like. Where, where do those rank? What's the grade on those? Ooh, well, it, it gets so many points based on the helmet alone. The helmet those eagle huge. wings coming across are so good. Dude, I love the old eagles. So good. I love them. We should get Alex's opinion on this. I already know. Oh, what yeah. I already know what his opinion on this is, but dude, I, I like the Kelly greens greens, my favorite color. I'm putting them right up there with the, the creamsicles, man. They're okay. Uh, they're so clean. I love the helmets. Um, I wish they had that old Eagles logo on them though. Yeah. The old, like, yeah. The detailed Eagle, the That's... detailed Eagle. I, 
man, these old logos are just so good. Um, yeah. yeah. I respect Dude. it. I, yeah. I'm just still holding out hope that the Seahawks are going to bring back our throwbacks uh, at some point. It's probably not going to happen this year, but yeah, the, the, the rule that the NFL finally did away with that a team can only have three certain combinations is opening the doors for this to happen though, yeah. which is awesome. But uh, yeah, the new Washington national city connect jerseys, you know, the city connect jerseys I really like are the white Sox ones, the pinstripes that say South side on them. Oh yeah. 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 Black and white. Yeah. It's, I like it. I like it. Yeah. That's it's, it's clean. Um, it's not that far off of their their regular jersey though. Um I lost my train of thought. Um um I mean the when you th- when I at least when I think of the White Sox, that's all I think about though is those colors. Black yeah. and white. Black and white, yeah. Um and I guess I guess their regular jersey is not primarily black. It's white with pin, black pinstripe, so it's inverted. I always think – I always, I guess, get that mixed up because I had a black White Sox uh, shirt when I was younger that I wore the absolute crap of. So I always think their primary uniform is black. Well, and, and way back in the day, like in like the 20s and the 19-teens, they were known as the Chicago Black Sox. So, yeah. I mean – it makes sense, really. <laughs> yeah, I I do like that. Um, I don't think it's as good as the the Washington jerseys. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, but I think they're good. Now, not the Washington football jerseys, right? No, not to rehash no, that no, argument, no, but. <laughs> no, no, no. Um. Yeah. I mean. I love. I, I love you, buddy. I I agree with you on a lot, but man. It's all right. Not there. I we can't. Gotta, I just I gotta can't disagree do it. On some things, man. We got to disagree on some things. Otherwise, this show wouldn't be interesting. Yep. Um. So yeah, I haven't even looked at the other ones, honestly. So uh, it was only a handful of teams, I believe, that are doing City Connect jerseys this year. I don't think every team is doing it. Uh, let me look. I know Miami. The Marlins. ooh, Boston Red Sox. I. Yeah. Oh no. The old Bean Town colors. Not sure how I feel about that. I, I I don't hate it, but it makes me think I'm looking at something that's coming out of IKEA. You know, I'm not a huge fan of the Cubs either. Um Wrigleyville's cool. I like that that's the name they chose to go with on there. But the colors just blue and light blue. I'm not a fan of that. I kind of dig Yeah, the, the the name looks really nice. The rest is okay. I it's it's a very solid. Um, yeah, the Miami ones are kind of cool. Uh, the Marlins. Um, yeah, Marlins. I don't mind. Uh, you don't see. I never mind. I I don't know what I was gonna say there. I am really tired, and I apologize to the listeners at home. I like uh I I like the Miami ones. I love the font. Yeah, it's um, definitely a Miami look, no doubt. Man, I I might have to pick some of these up. <laughs> yeah, there's some. I wish Seattle would have done one because I'd be curious just to see what they would have gone with. Yeah, um, 
I, I'm not a huge fan of the San Francisco Giants one. Um, I like I like supposed to be. I couldn't tell honestly. The, the orange one. and whites. Yeah, yeah, that's the Giants. Um, I like parts of it. I like where their head was at for some of them, but <clears throat> I mean they're they're kind of boring. Uh, the Dodgers is lazy. The Dodgers is very lazy. It's just basically it's the same font, it's the same colors. It look if you blur your eyes, it looks like you're looking at a just bona fide Dodgers jersey. All it says is lost Dodgers. Um yeah. Yeah, that no, that's a no for me on that one. And then what's the who are the serpents? Who is that supposed to be? Yankees. Diamondbacks. Oh, it says Yankees. What? I thought it was the D-backs. But it well yeah, it's got to be the D-backs because that's the Arizona flag on the – so yeah, what if the it says Yankees? I don't know. I'm on the ESPN article about it right now. 100% the Diamondbacks. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. The Yankees. Dang, the Yankees. Uh, I immediately hated it a little more in my head thinking it was the Yankees, but no, I kind of dig this one. I, I don't mind it. I want to see a better picture. I only see the one right now. Uh, Here, let me – send you a picture that I'm looking at. Hopefully it's a little better. But yeah, I, I kind of dig the font on this one, how they made it a snake. Oh, that's what that... Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, I like that. Now you see what's up. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, that is, that is slick. I like that. I really like that. I like the color. So from a distance, it like... Again, if you squint your eyes and look at it, it looks like you're looking at a jersey from like the 30s or the 40s. This looks yeah. like an old jersey um, until you really examine it. But yeah, that's I I like this. I'm a sucker for that cream color. I love it in the cream sickles. I love it here. The they worked in. Yeah, yeah. That's ooh. I like the Arizona flag on there. It just looks clean. Every is it's very clean. I like that a lot. Too bad a team that's gonna win like 50 games is all is gonna be wearing those this year. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe they'll be cheap then. We'll get to that next week, talking about our MLB stuff since the season's about to start. I'm not gonna get into uh predictions now, but you know, it might make them better. This jersey might make them win a few. Oh man, I like those. Ooh, those are nice. I like those a lot. <laughs> okay. They've got, these are some good ones. These are some good ones. Before we move on, what's the, what's the grade on this one? Ooh, I, what did I give Washington? I gave them an eight. An eight. Ooh, I'm going to move them down. No, I'm going to keep them at it. Oh gosh. I think I like the diamondbacks more, but I'm going to, I'm going to put the diamondbacks at an eight as well. Okay. I like them both. They're, I looking at these. I think they're my two favorites. Uh, shortly followed by the Miami Marlins at a seven and a half, uh, and the White Sox uh, also at a seven and a half. They're very good as well. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Boston. I oh man. I just I don't know about that. I can't tell if I like it or not. I don't. But <laughs> I'm not the drip aficionado. So that's fair. What do I know? Uh, what I do know, changing topics again here, is that the NFL finally 
uh, made some meaningful changes to the overtime rules, kind of. In, uh, I'm sure you've seen this by now. Yes. That in postseason games, at least, uh, both teams will get a chance to possess the ball. Yes. Which is a long time coming because we, it seems like every year almost lately in the playoffs, we have a game that we look at and say, what would have happened if the other team won the coin toss or got a chance? Uh, obviously, the most recent example being Buffalo and Kansas City in that wild divisional game last year. Yep. Um, but it, I'm glad that this is happening, obviously, finally. My question is, why not just commit and make it that way in the regular season? Uh, because you're going to have regular season games that, especially toward the end of the season, that might as well be playoff games for some teams uh, that are just as important. So I think it's silly that they didn't just do this across the board. I mean, I'm glad that there's a start here and that the conversation's clearly happening about this because in every other sport, there is the game does not play to a tie unless it's soccer. Um, and even yeah. in soccer, you have ample opportunity so it doesn't end in a tie, just like in hockey. So I don't know. I just – I'm glad they're doing this in the playoffs. And I, I look back in the last decade of some playoff games here that were decided in overtime because of the team that won the coin toss. Thinking all the way – there's a few games that stand out to me when you talk about this. The first one is back in 2011, the Broncos played the Steelers in the wild card round in Denver it goes to overtime. Denver wins the coin toss Tebow still the quarterback at the time, literally the first play of overtime is a touchdown <laughs> Denver. And they mm-hmm. win just like that. Steelers didn't even have time to think after the coin toss in that one. Uh, I also, as weird as it is to say, think about the Seahawks own NFC championship victory over green Bay in 2014 goes to overtime. Seahawks win the coin toss March, right down, boom, touchdown, Super Bowl. Packers don't get a chance. And then I think of the Packers again a year later in 2015 in a divisional game against the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals win the coin toss in overtime. It's that famous play where they hit Fitzgerald over the middle. He takes it all the way down to the three, and then they score on the next play. And the Packers don't get a chance again. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just how different NFL history would look in the recent years if this rule was in place back then. Yeah, I mean – Obviously, we can't go back and speculate on that. We don't know what would have happened. Um, but, yeah, I, this is, like you said earlier, this has been a long time coming. Uh, fans, players, and I'm sure coaches and owners of these scorned franchises have been asking for this for a long time. Um, and I think definitely the fact that, you know, the NFL's one of the NFL's poster boys has been at the short end of this in in recent memory. Yeah. Definitely helped to to push this along. Uh I think it I think you are right that it should just be pushed in a regular season because why wouldn't it be? Yeah, I, I honestly haven't even read what their reasoning for not doing this in all games is yet, you know, if they even have reasoning. I mean, I, oh, it's I, probably something like their TV slots would then take too long and they'd have to pay extra or some BS. I don't know. But more, I don't know. Like on the flip side of that, more people are going to tune into your game if it's going to overtime, I think. 
Yeah. I mean, people are going to see that and be like, oh, my game's over. I'm going to go watch that now. Exactly. I mean, I do that all the time when watching the NFL. Um, I, I mean, and just think of like not only the Bills Chiefs game in the playoffs last year, think of the Chiefs Bengals AFC championship. And the Chiefs actually won that coin toss. And remember, they showed Joe Burrow on the sideline and he was like visibly upset because he, we had just seen this a week prior with uh, Buffalo in Kansas City where and I didn't think that the Bengals were going to get their shot in that game. I thought the same exact thing was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the numbers have it that that's normally what happens. What did the, the, I saw a stat today that like of the last, I think it was like 12 or 13 postseason games that went to overtime, the team that won the coin toss won like 10 of them, I want to say. Uh, mm. Let me find that exact stat so I get it right here. We're so good at this. We have all of our sources ready to go. Over all the, of our talking points laid out. We, yep. we may be the best at this. This is why you all listen to us, though. You like listening to us do research live on the air. Over the past decade, teams that won the overtime coin flip in the postseason were 10-2, and two, including seven of those 10 wins coming on the opening possession, according to one Adam Scheffner. So that's what this new rule is trying to protect against, and I think it – I think we're going to see those numbers even out a lot more now. Like who knows what that bills chiefs game would have been like if Josh Allen had his go at it, the way they were going at each other all game, you about knew the guy was going to get in the end zone if he had the chance, but you know, you can't speculate. Like you said, it's just, this will hopefully remove all those what ifs um, in the postseason. Now I just wish they would extend it to the regular season and they might within the coming years, but Yep. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and that might be something they try out in the USFL. True. Yeah. The uh, guinea pig league for the NFL. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, now that you say that, if they give this a go in the USFL or maybe even the XFL when it comes back. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, but I'm glad that they at least did this. I'm glad that this problem was at least addressed um, because it's been a complaint. It, it and it wasn't just like, you remember a few years ago when we had the the phantom pass interference in the Saints-Lambs NFC Championship? Oh, yeah. That got the knee-jerk reaction the next season of making pass interference a reviewable play, and it was a disaster. This is not a knee-jerk thing. This has been a complaint um, for years now, at least a decade, if not longer. And I could almost see it, like I said, if not every other sport had a way of deciding games in overtime one way or another. I'm glad the NFL is finally coming around to the modern age as far as this is concerned in the postseason. I just hope they do it fully here before too long. So, yeah, I unfortunately, and also their news about rulings, they reviewed the taunting penalty and found that most of them were justified penalties, which heavily disagree with. Same. I did not see that. Uh, So I don't know. Uh, beggars can't be choosers when it comes to NFL rule changes, I guess. We'll take them a little at a time. <laughs> I suppose. Oh, yes. In that you know spirit, what? In that spirit, who's your call out? My call out is in football, not football, football. Oh, okay. Um, I am, a. I don't even know who football fans, I guess, that pointed laser pointers at Mo Salah when taking a penalty kick in a game 
Uh, yeah. And you can, there's a clip. It's, uh, I actually, the reason it came to my attention, I saw it on Reddit today. Uh, it's, it's near the top and you can just see it's, his face is just entirely green. All the pe- all the fans behind the goal are shining laser pointers in his face, which a, they literally say on there, don't point at people's face because it's not good for their eyes. B, this is bad sportsmanship. And C, it's bad sportsmanship. Don't be jerks. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's really not good. And wait, who is who did this happen to again? What team? Mosala. He plays for Egypt. Egypt. Oh gosh. Yeah, that's bad. I remember a few years ago in the NFL. I think it was during the AFC Championship. Uh, someone shined a laser pointer in Patrick Mahomes' eyes. I think on a play and that fan was immediately found and banned for life from Arrowhead stadium. Mm -hmm. Uh, If not all stadiums across the NFL, I honestly can't remember. Yeah. That's a big no, no, especially. Well, I mean, just at all, it's a big no, no, but especially on a penalty kick uh, when it, I don't know. Yeah. Just no place for that. So that's a good call out. That's a good call out. My call out is going to be in baseball, college baseball. Actually. Um, If you haven't seen this play yet, I will send it to you when we are done recording, because holy cow, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, So it was last week, last Friday, I think it was, last Friday night, uh, the Texas Longhorns were playing Texas Tech, the Red Raiders. And I think the game was in Texas Tech. It had to have been because it was the bottom of the ninth. Um, Anyway, game's tied, bottom of the ninth. There was a Texas Tech runner on third, and Texas Longhorns pitcher Aaron Nixon is on the mound. He looks down and is clearly not paying attention because the runner on third stole home to win the game while he was on the mound with the ball. And the catcher's just standing there like, bro, throw it, please. And he didn't even look up. It was unbelievable. I've never seen a game end that way. Like not even the Mariners pulled off a loss that ugly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Right. So my call out definitely is going to Aaron Nixon. Uh, I'm sure you're a fine pitcher, young man, but what were you doing on that play? It was bad. You're looking at a future Pittsburgh pirate. (laughs) Oh, yikes. Uh, Maybe though, maybe. So that's my call out this week. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's move on to shout outs. Who is your shout out this week? Okay, it's gonna it's gonna be silly because it was the same one last week, but you've got to because they're history makers. The Peacocks, man. Let's go. That's mine too. Let's go, Peacocks. It's unfortunate they're they're done with the tournament. Tur- tur- tournament. Tourney. But March Madness. The tourney. They didn't make it to the final four, but man, they're number one in they our hearts. The Elite Eight, though. First 15 seed ever to advance to the Elite Eight. That's- I know it is insane. And there's what a crazy March Madness this has been so far. Yeah. And, man, I, I am so happy for them, Peacocks. You know they have got to have some eyes looking at them now. Because this isn't, like, just a fluke. Um, Love UMBC to death. They beat the one seed, but then they didn't proceed in the tournament. Mm-hmm. The Peacocks not only upset a two seed, but then they continued to win their next two games. Yeah, um, and to beat Purdue in the Sweet 16, a Purdue team that I had in the Final Four, if you guys will remember back to our March Madness episode, uh, the Peacocks just wrecked everyone's bracket in the coolest way possible. 
I mean, this yeah. will go down as one of the greatest Cinderella stories in March Madness, I think. UMBC was great for what they did in that one game, that one night. Um, and you think of other teams like Florida Gulf Coast back in 2013 and Oral Roberts a year ago that got to uh, the Sweet 16. But these Peacocks made it to the Elite Eight, people. There was eight teams left in the whole country playing basketball on the men's side. And St. Peter's was one of them alongside the likes of North Carolina and Duke and Villanova in Kansas. Like it's unbelievable what that group from Jersey did. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see in the next coming years, what their funding looks like over there, how their recruiting goes after a run like this. Cause you yeah. know, can help big time. Yep. But man, speaking of North Carolina, they came through like a wrecking ball. Yeah. Holy cow. That's I, if they can beat Duke, I think they take this whole thing. They think, are on a mission right yeah, now. Yeah. I think whoever wins that North Carolina Duke game wins it all. And I don't like Duke at all. And I wholeheartedly root against them whenever I can. However, coach K and his last run, it's only fitting that they play North Carolina. Uh, they've never met their arch rivals in the NCAA tournament until now. And for as often as both of those teams make it, the fact that they have never met until this upcoming weekend is baffling to me. Uh, so you know that this one was uh, prescribed in stone tablets years ago, uh, written in the stars, whatever you want to call it. This was destiny. Um, and I love the Peacocks. I love their story, but it almost had to be Duke UNC in this one. Yep. So. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, if this goes Duke's way, it's going to be a movie. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, like, you can see the name, like, The Last Ride or The Final... Wait. The Last Dance is also already it, a thing. It can't be The Last Dance. We know that. But it'll be <laughs> something, you know, Duke Forever or something that's going to make yeah. me grow up. Um, but, uh, yeah, I am happy for Coach K. That Duke has been on a pretty incredible run themselves. I didn't think they'd get this far. I don't think any of us did when we did our March Madness episode a few weeks ago but um yeah i love the chaos though Ooh, excuse me i love the chaos though man for it all the, is great for all the chaos though the final four still ended up being blue bloods of college basketball yeah so true you know, true i'll tell you not that the upsets weren't great because they were and like i said saint peter's shout out this week shout out last week the rare double shout out in a row from us because what they did was no other way to put it, history making. Yeah. That. <laughs> I didn't know what to say there. <laughs> I mean, eh, you know, nothing to say. Go Peacocks. Strut up. That's what we say on this. Strut up. I, it, we will be watching your career with great interest. <laughs> your career. Uh, Doug Edder, love the guy. The mustache, the NIL deal with Buffalo Wild Wings. Everything that St. Peter's team was about. Love it, love it, love it. Um, and uh, we love all you listeners and we appreciate you all for tuning in wherever you tune in from, whether it be Spotify, Google podcasts, uh, iTunes, the can on a string, wherever you find us, we're glad you found us and we're glad you listen. Um, I'm glad for you, my illustrious co-host, Justin. And I'm glad for you, my illustrious co-host, Jared. <laughs> um, I'm glad Will Smith didn't listen to this episode. Cause I don't feel like getting my jaw smacked around and, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's always a good day when that doesn't happen to us. Uh, I'm sure Chris Rock can't relate, but whatever. Um, 
And we would just encourage you to check us out on Twitter, on Instagram at the expansion BU one, same handle for both. But like we said, thanks for listening. Uh, until next week, I've been Jared. That's been Justin. And never forget. Party like it's 1976.